0: The 2021 season comes to a close after a heartbreak in Philadelphia in the MLS playoffs. Today on Red Bull Weekly with Connor Lane, we are joined by another number five. It's Steve Jolly from the New York Red Bull Radio Network. We break down that game, look at players to watch in 2022, early season schedule talk, and Thanksgiving hints as well. This is Matt Harmon from the New York Red Bull Radio Network. Gobble, gobble. It's our Thanksgiving edition of Red Bull Weekly. we had better news after what was a heartbreaking game on Saturday as New York out of the postseason here in 2021, losing to Philadelphia in the 123rd minute. Uh, Join today on our Red Bull weekly podcast. I'm Matt Harmon. We have a, uh, a special today. We've got a pair of number fives to lead you into your Thanksgiving holiday, a little Thanksgiving cheer with both Connor Laid and Steve Jolly. Gentlemen, I say a very good morning as we record here. Um, not sure for either one of you if the the heartbreak has let go. I, I have had a really hard couple of days of even putting a soccer game on uh, and being able to watch it without visions of Jacob Glassness, uh scoring what was an absolute world-class goal and eliminating New York from the postseason. Connor, first to you.
1: Yeah. I, I've been hearing some dupes in my head for a little while now and it's, I don't like it. And of all people that ball could have dropped down to, of course it had to be him. Uh, You know, this guy just scores bangers for fun. And yeah, the heartbreak, I mean, it's, it's hurts and it's going to hurt for a long time. Obviously we have to think about that all off season and uh, try to right those wrongs in 2022. But overall, I mean, I'm, I'm super proud of this group. Um, You know, counted out uh you know for the second half of the year uh to get to the point where they are take a really good philly team all the way through extra time and you know so close like you you know you could taste a win um and you know you can't say that they didn't have chances either which hurts even more um that you know had some opportunities to finish off that game and uh, have a historic win down there. But uh, I mean, overall, I think there's a lot of positives you can take out of this year, but this one's going to sting for a little bit.
0: Steve, no, no question. I mean, you and I called the game on the radio side of things. And, and I think when the game was over, I I, I remarked to you, it's just seemed like a game that nobody really on some levels wanted to win or lose it in, in one of those rare games. It seemed like PKs was the only way to kind of make sense to have there be a winner because it, it was a game that had so many little twists and turns, ups and downs. Obviously you and I talked, it wasn't the, the prettiest game uh, between these two games, but it had all of the intensity yeah. of a playoff playoff game and a playoff atmosphere. No, I
2: agree. well, first and foremost, let's just give the guy credit where credit's due. That was a heck of a goal. And, uh, and yeah, it's probably uh, when you look at the, the context of the game, I think everybody was kind of hoping it would go into PKs just because of what those two goalies were doing during the course of the 120 minutes. I mean, there were some pretty incredible uh, things happening there relative to uh, some shot stopping, especially on Cornell's side. And, um, you know, for a guy who lives in Philadelphia, you can imagine the pain and frustration and chirping that has existed in my ears for the last couple of days. Even my 92 year old neighbor from across the street called me just to kind of chuckle in the phone at me, which uh, which hurt and, and, and did some daggers there. But um, I don't think we've ever been in a situation where, and Connor, you might even prove me wrong on this one, where a team that goes essentially for the entire context of the season, it's 50-50, right? Wins, losses, ties kind of thing. But we've never been so optimistic going into an offseason and a 2022, you know, season when, you know, you look at, you know, the commitment by, you know, the ownership and, and the leadership about how the January transfer window, you look at how this team has kind of come together uh, over the last Let's say three three months or so. I mean, there's a lot of positives that we can take in from uh, from these last couple of days, and albeit nobody nobody you know wanted what happened the other day to happen to us, and uh, whether you deserve it or not, but I think there are some positives that we can really take in terms of going forward. Um, and uh, it's going to be a fun off season, even if you're you know the the roster nerds out there on Twitter that you know just kind of wax poetic on all this stuff. It's going to be a ride and and it's going to be a fun ride. And I think there's a lot of commitment, but there's also a lot of excitement in terms of what Struber has brought, what uh, Kevin Delwell brought to the the organization. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm not even cautiously optimistic. I'm just, I'm just straight out optimistic right now.
0: Which is definitely good. Good to know what we're going to do on uh, this episode of Red Bulls Weekly is we'll spend some time talking about players to look out for. Obviously at this point, Um, we're, we're recapping a little bit of 2021, the first few games of 2022 have been leaked out. So we'll talk about potential great matchups, uh, going into next season and we'll bounce around some Thanksgiving ideas as well. See what everyone's going to have on the table come, uh, Thursday. Um, you know, Connor on, on so many levels, what Steve just said, I think is very, um, interesting because. This team right now seems to be, despite the heartbreak of the game on Saturday in Philadelphia, seems to be in a good place right now going forward. I think the one question, and this will open the door a little bit, we're going to talk about five players that you guys have each kind of circled to look ahead to 2022. But I will start with this question. Because there are so many players that at least right now have some uncertain futures, what you are hoping for is that the core of this team can kind of come back and even even in a short offseason, be able to build on what was a great two months to get into the postseason and carry it forward um, with a full preseason and then into 2022. But but clearly there are some roster questions as to who's coming back and who's not coming back.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think we'd be naive not to you know have those question marks in the back of our head because a lot of these players were a big part of the group this year. I mean, you can go right off the top of Carlos Coronel, uh, I think – a player that I'm sure the entire Red Bull fan base is begging uh, to to be brought back because of the way he performed this year. Absolutely incredible. And But I think the vibes around the facility, as, as uh, Steve mentioned, really good vibes. Despite the heartbreak, obviously everyone's very disappointed. Uh, but you can tell that there's even more hunger that has has built throughout this game and uh, for a lot of these young players this is a type of game that sometimes you need you know i think things have gone really well over the past couple of months and they put themselves in a really good position but you you sometimes need some of that heartbreak uh in your individual journey to kind of push you on to bigger things and i think the vibes heading into next year are extremely positive um i think we we want to bring back as much as the group as we can and i think everyone's going to be anxiously awaiting some of those roster details um but i mean for me i think even talking with sean ruiz this morning over at the facility he's saying he he hasn't felt the these types of vibes within a team since probably 2015 16 17 when we had that group uh you know really good uh vibes in and out of the locker room and just the feeling that you could do something special and it's heartbreaking that we have to cut the season short here but I think that's something to build off of for sure. And I think the, the positivity going into 2022 is going to be through the roof and obviously some new additions coming in for sure. And I think uh, I'm sure we'll see say goodbye to some familiar faces as well, but that's part of the business.
0: It is part of the business, Stephen, and, and in a way, an unfortunate part of the business, because you know that there's going to be guys on the team that just finished. And, you know, listen, in a perfect world, that game goes another you know, 15 minutes and New York figures out a way to score or they take advantage of the chances that they have or they win in penalty kicks. You would love for, for in essence, this group to stay together and then just add to it. But that's not going to be the case. So as Connor just said, it's part of the business. You know guys aren't coming back next year as much as you might want them to, as much as from a fan or supporter standpoint, it's a guy that you have on the back of your jersey. It's the nature of the beast. Guys are going to come and go.
2: Yeah. I mean, and there's so many you know parameters as it associated with it. And, and you try to articulate people who are maybe on the fringes and trying to understand how to build a roster. It's not always comes down to, Hey, I really want this player to be on my team again. If you're your front office, it can be a salary situation. It could be a you know loan situation. There's so many different intangibles that it's hard to reflect on. And I know we're going to discuss, you know, five people, you know, each that, you know, we're thinking about in terms of, you know, what, you know, the implications for a 2022 and even this list, because it's so fresh and so new and we're only in, you know, mid to third week in November could change, you know, drastically. And, and, and I mean, listen, you know, pro sports are, are are a different beast. And, uh, and, and you find speaking for me, you know, I, I got traded three times and two of them worked out really well, but all three of them were difficult to manage. Uh, you know, for a certain period of time. And, uh, and it is what it is, you know, you kind of, you, you ride the the ride as long as you can and, and what you can do in terms of a specific team. But at the end of the day, you know, there's things that you control and things you can't control in these situations. And you just try to make the best of them, whether your your leadership in front office or whether you're a player.
1: Yeah, I think to follow up, I think, uh, Matt, going back to earlier on in the year and talking to Kevin Thelwell and his whole approach to this year, you know, with especially a lot of these loan moves, uh, you know, uh, the try before you buy, I think, you know, honestly, they knocked it out of the park with a, a few of these guys. And so that's going to be an interesting thing, interesting thing to track, not only what happens with these guys, but possibly a, a a theme in 2022 with, you know, trying to get some more loanies coming in and this approach, which has seemed to work for for Red Bulls so far.
0: There's no question about it. The, the, the idea, and it's funny as, as the three of us record here um, media availability was just kind of finishing up from, from early this morning. And and I'm sure some of our fans spent a a good chunk of the morning following along on Twitter from some of the different media members that were there. And, and the message from Kevin Thelwell is this January window, extremely important for this team. Um, Clearly, you know, Connor, you mentioned the Carlos Cornell. I mean, do whatever you can do to, to bring him back because he was as good as anybody in Major League Soccer. Um, and and obviously some of the other loan questions, but it sounds like, Connor, that this team has, as, as defined as the direction was when you played under Jesse in 15, 16, 17, up through 18, I think even more so right now, there is a clear path of this team. And if you wanted to consider this year, quote unquote, a rebuilding year, but you still made the playoffs, man, you, you feel really good about where this team is going in 2022.
1: Absolutely. I think you have to feel great. And you know, you, you put everyone in position where, listen, you're going to get in the playoffs and you know, you may lose in the first round. Would you take that in the summer? Uh, Yeah. I think everyone would you know, be delighted with making the playoffs and even putting yourself in a position to win that game. I think most of our fan base would have taken that to at what the status of our club was in the summer. And so I think extremely bright things ahead and obviously, you know, get the first year out of the way, first full year for Gerhard Schruber and, you know, let him settle into this league and obviously come back in 2022 with an, you know, an exact uh, science of what he wants to do and, you know, get that first year under, under his belt. So I think it's going to be exciting for the for the future of the club in 2022 can't get here soon enough
0: all right let's dig into the five players that you guys feel like either should be players to break out in 2022 or players to keep an eye on for fans in 2022 and as the two of you put this these lists together i think it was interesting there's a little bit of crossover we're going to start with those guys both of you have John Tolkien on the list, Steve. I'm going to throw this one to you because <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. At times, you were calling for him not only to stay in the midfield, but to become the attacking number ten that New York had sometimes really needed. I mean, clearly, John had a, a very good year. You know, I mean, he he started at left back for a good chunk of the season, sometimes on on the bench, and then would come in late in games like he did against Philadelphia. At other times. He was an integral part of the midfield. It seems like he is a player that at his age of 19 is just starting to tap into what could be a really bright future and big potential. Yeah,
2: You know, I'll keep it short and sweet relative to John. You know, I think our country, unfortunately, doesn't create and uh, and develop players like John. And whatever we can do as an organization or a fan base, whatever, to support him going forward all the better. Um, you know, he reminds me, and I'm not putting them at this level yet, like a Pulisic slash Landon Donovan slash, you know, Aaronson, Brendan Anderson, a guy who has no fear, has all the confidence in the world to get forward. And whatever we can do to nurture that kind of perspective, as opposed to the atypical six slash 10 slash eight, that's always going left, right, instead of North, South, the more that we can create and, and raise up those players that go North, South, I'm all in, and and John for me is one of those players that uh, the, I think partly one of the reasons why I wanted to see him more a, like a number ten spot is because he was that player that would just put his head down and run at defenders, and uh, and he was a difference maker because of it.
1: Yeah, I I agree, and I think you're you're spot on where we haven't seen a, a prospect come out of the academy probably since Tyler. Uh, um, that John Tolkien and obviously you know trying to manage expectations as well and he's a young kid but he, to show his versatility of where he could play you know moving into the six and really a flawless transition you know playing wide in a flyback system playing up higher on the field it really is the I think the challenge is going to be for for this staff is find the best place for him and I think the the one of the big question marks of this offseason as well you know Andrew Gutman had a had a really good year for this team but after all, he's on loan from Atlanta and who knows what's going to happen with his future with this team. I think John Tolkien is going to be a massive part of the success for this 2022 campaign. And, and you're right. I, I'm trying to put myself in his shoes as a 19 year old kid, 18, you know, when he's playing this past year, but he shows no fear. You're absolutely right. And you know, the confidence through the roof, obviously with the hair choices as well. I mean, you you put me on a professional team at that age, I'm, I'm showing some fear. You know, I think I'm trying to put myself in his shoes. I don't think I would ever be that confident, but that shows the type of player he is the type of person he is and why he's going to be such a big part of this, this team moving forward.
0: Both of you guys also have a player that has kind of been on everybody's radar screen this year from New York Red Bull two. That's Daniel Edelman. Connor, I'll give you first word because you saw him of the three of us more uh, than anybody else doing, doing the Red Bull two games. Um, He's a player that certainly, There's no doubt he fits the Red Bull mold right through the midfield.
1: Daniel Edelman, you know, he he checks most of the boxes you could ask for in a in a Red Bull player. And I think, you know, he's continuing to check off the ones, you know, that maybe he has to develop a little bit more. And the type the leaps and bounds that he's made since last year is is pretty incredible. Um, You know, he's a, a true box to box midfielder. And, you know, he he just has so much bite in his game. And I, I know John, uh, John Wolanek is, you know, try to dial him in a little bit and sometimes, you know, it gets a little aggressive, but I like that. And that's the type of, you know, you'd rather a player, you have to dial back the aggression than to having trying to get more and more out of him. He he's got a fire within him and you can tell off the field, extremely good professional, uh, you know, does all the right things. And I think he's one to watch, uh, you know, he had a, had a fantastic year for rebel two this year, obviously. in what, you know, was a really down year and, you know, trying to take as many positives as you can. I think he was the true one bright spot coming out of this team. And I think they're going to continue to challenge him over this off season to get better and better, but what a future that he has. And uh, Steve, I know, you know, you can jump on here as well, but uh, a player that I'm very excited to see what the future holds.
2: You, you know, I, I kind of like my midfielders, like with a lot of arrogance on the inside, but a lot of humility on the outside and he kind of reminds me of that, you know, like I like the fact that he picked up so many yellow cards and red cards and everything at, at Red Bull too, because it kind of showed you that he he didn't have that fear, even though, you know, he needs to work on the weights a little bit. Let's be honest. I mean, he's a skinny kid that's going to get beat up a little bit in that midfield, but um, he's got a lot of talent, a lot of upside. And uh, uh, I'm with you a hundred percent, Connor. He's like, he's that type of player that you might, watch him play and go oh man he's an interesting type of player and then a month later go oh wait a second here like this kid has some some serious tools here and then another month later it's just like okay he's got me now you know and it's that evolution you know that constantly evolving kind of mindset and also as you know ability as a player is is what makes him you know I, i would encourage people to 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 make sure that they try to to take him in as much as possible now because i think there's going to be a large amount of our fan base who might not be you know engaged with going to the games and seeing him on a day-to-day basis but will soon very much see him on a day-to-day basis
1: yeah and i think, i'm sorry, sorry. Brad i i think just that the way he's polished his game as well and i know John Wellneck has really pushed him to kind of as most rebel players when they get on the ball to look forward and to continually to develop his wide range of passing. You could see from start to finish of this year, the leaps and bounds that he made, even in those types of his passing, finishing off plays, getting his first professional goal at the end of the year and seeing the confidence and what it meant to his team. It was huge. And he means so much to the locker room as well, where you just it's a, it's hard not to root for a kid like that.
0: With Connor Lade, Steve Jolly. I'm Matt Harmon. This is our latest episode of Red Bull weekly. We're going through uh, for both of the guys, five players to keep an eye on both had John Tolkien, and Daniel Edelman on their list. Connor, I'll let you run through the remaining part of your three guys. You can throw them out there and and talk about just a quick, here's why they're on your list.
1: Yeah. For next for me, I think it's Drew Yearwood. Um, You know, Drew, since coming in, obviously he came in last year and what a tough time to come into a team, obviously during covid unsure of kind of really getting to actually explore the area and things. There's so many things off the field that you have to manage. And that makes it difficult for you to kind of get the best out of yourself on the field. And it took a little while for him to settle in this team, obviously some struggles early on in this year, but the way he came on at the end of this year and you just watch him bossing the midfield uh, over the past couple months has been incredible to see. And you can tell even just talking to him in the facility, he, he's so confident right now. And it's a shame. I, it's another reason why cutting the season short here, it's, it hurts because you are just seeing him get the best out of himself and continue to grow in this team. And a player, we talk about the future of this team. I think you're thrilled to have a player like that under contract that really can get the best out of the guys around him. I think we're only going to see bigger and better things from him next year. Obviously uh, added those, you know, some goals and assists. I, he got a few this year and, I'm excited to see him uh, continue to develop and really take a leadership role as well in the team because you look at the type of caps that he has as a professional at such a young age, it's pretty remarkable.
0: Who else do you have on there? You have two good ones, Connor, to to kind of finish up your list of five guys uh, of, of interesting um, New York Red Bull 2, and you dipped a little deeper into the academy level for one.
1: Listen, I wanted to go a little bit younger here, and so we added another player who uh, had some really bright moments for Red Bull 2 this year, and Serge Goma. You know, Serge has electric pace. I think people don't realize how fast he is. He's really got some incredible pace on him. Not only that, it's just his aggression up front, and he does exactly what red bull forwards want you to do you can play him in a two forward system where he's going to be that line breaker he's constantly towing that line and you know listen he was caught offsides a lot this year and i love that out of a young forward he's looking to get in behind stretch stretch the field especially in games where you know teams are sitting deeper and you need to find ways to really break them down and get get stretch the field a little bit he's that perfect mold for that player obviously scored a few goals this year and listen, he's 16 years old. We're only going to see him develop continually over the next couple of years, but a player definitely to watch for uh, coming in the future here and a, a player that I'm really high on. I know the Academy as Rebel 2 is in the first team. So Serge has, definitely has a bright forward ahead of him, and, and we're excited to see what he can do next year. And then, uh, you know, wrapping up my list for me, we go even younger here and we get uh, Mr. Nate Worth. And uh, for he- whoever watched the New York Academy Derby, I'm sure they are very familiar with him. I was so impressed with him and and continually impressed with him watching some of the stuff he can do on the field. You talk about the bite that uh, Daniel Edelman has Nate worth. It was all over the field in that New York Academy Derby. I don't think there was a 50 50 that he didn't win in that game. And what sets him apart, you know, there's, there's guys who, you know, put on a lot of that dirty work and they're, you know, connecting the play. And, you know, he's truly that, that box to box midfielder, but, the quality that he has on the ball is incredible. You see the goal that he scored, slowing himself down, a one-touch finish into the upper ninety from outside the box. But you got to see if if you haven't seen what he does, I, I implore you to go check out his Instagram and see some of the free kicks that he does because we probably haven't seen a free kick specialist coming up through our academy in a long time who can hit a ball as Nate Worth can. And so another player, obviously manage expectations as well. You know, I think he's going to be uh, a great player. Then again, he's still playing with our U-15s right now, so I'm excited to see what the future is going to hold for him and maybe get him some uh, Red Bull 2 moments next year.
0: All right, Steve Jolly, it's time for the other three of your five, as you had Daniel Edelman and John Tolkien as well. You kind of focused with the guys that that we are familiar with on the MLS roster, uh, and I'm going to lead you in with the first one. You have Aaron Long on your list, which I think is a really interesting um, person to include on, players to watch in 2022.
2: Yeah. Um this is this is a loaded one, I guess is the best way of saying it. When you look at Aaron Long and, and what he's represented to this organization over the last couple of years. And then it's never, ever, ever easy coming back from a significant injury, but you have all the confidence in the world that he's going to come back not only from the injury and uh, and do an exceptional job for his club. But quite frankly, you're hoping that he does an exceptional job for his country as well in the next year. And partly one of the reasons why I wanted to make sure that I included him on this list is because he's a difference maker. And uh, and oftentimes, and this might be the old defender in me, we forget that uh, defenders can be difference makers too. And I think this this season, especially how we performed in the beginning, and that's not taking anything away from what Edwards did and Nealist did and Gutman did and Reyes and all the other you know people who kind of lined up in that back line this year but Aaron's special um, there's no question about that and there's a reason why you know is bringing them to these camps just to be around the team and so you know I put Aaron Long on there for a number of reasons the biggest one is that I want nothing but success for that kid uh, because I think he is an incredible talent and uh, and I think he'll do great things for our club in the next couple of years but more importantly I want him to do great things this time next year at a World Cup
0: yeah interesting because you you want nothing uh, for the best and I think that's a great point Steve that you make I mean he's he's in essence still part of the New York Red Bulls he's been mentoring guys all during the course of the year he's back working out He's he's on trips with guys. He he's a men, he's someone that Sean Neal has talked about today in media day, even up through the Philadelphia game on Saturday. About you know, here's what you want to do. Here's how to do this. Here's here's a suggestion for that. So really really good point. And then the other two, I, I you know, listen, we talked about Carlos Cornell, so we can probably breeze through that. He's he's crucial to bring back. I think everyone would agree on that. So I will let you kind of talk about your last pick. Um, which has been a guy that has been on your radar all during the course of the year, untapped potential, but waiting really hard to take that next step because you see the pieces of his game that are there, and that's Wiki Carmona. So
2: Let me first talk about Carlos for just two seconds here. It is absolutely criminal, criminal that he was not included in the goalkeeper of the year kind of uh, top three. Like anybody that saw what he did in terms of just personally, in terms of the shot stopping, and everything like that, um, it just boggles my mind. But more importantly, when you talk about a player and what he meant to a team, I mean, this is just – I think this that, that might be the hardest thing to deal with in the last couple of weeks that, I, that I, I, we've dealt with in terms of MLS news. Um, but let, let's go, go to – the reason why I included Wiki, and he frustrates me. With all the respect in the world, he frustrates me. And if you don't frustrate me, that's probably, you know, a bad thing for you in terms of how like engaged I am with you and hoping that you're successful. Because there's an element of Wiki's game where whether it be a size, whether his comfortableness on his on the ball, you know, left footed everything like that, that I just think he has so much potential. And I don't know if it's a combination of the transition and how young he is from a different country, you know, how he's melded with his teammates or, you know, where he lives or just the fact that he just hasn't had that one or two goals like Omir Fernandez had where he just automatically overnight switched and became the most confident player in the field. I don't know. And the reason why I wanted to make sure that Wiki Carmona was on this list when we're including, you know, all I mean the entire spectrum in terms of what we're expecting in terms of players and everything like that, because I do believe he has so much potential for this team and it might not be, or will be in a starting role in 2022, but that does not negate the fact that this kid could be something special if he finds the right groove, if he finds the right confidence. And uh that, I mean, that's where it would be easy to say, you know what, you know, I wish he finished off this shot or I wish he did this or wish you, you know, it's just, it's hard because sometimes we lose perspective that, you know, some of these players are 18, 19 years old and they're moving countries and they're away from family and, you know, and it's tough seasons or injuries or whatever it may be. It's so hard to lose that perspective, but he is one of the players where I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic that he's going to find his groove. He's going to feel comfortable about what he wants to do. And, uh, you know, I think he's got a big upside and I would hate for, you know, any fan or whatever it may be to just automatically say, you know what, we're going to forget him because we have some other talents coming up because I just, I I think he's got too much there to, uh, to just write off.
0: We're going to take a a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about some Thanksgiving day stuff in the beginning part of the 2022 schedule. Steve, I'll say this. I feel, I feel excited that you said in Carmona's case, if, you're not frustrated by somebody, then you're kind of off their radar screen because I know I frustrate you and have been doing so for the last seven years. So I'm proud to say I frustrate you all the time, but yet I'm still on your radar screen. Quick break here. (laughs) Quick break for us here on the uh, Red Bull Weekly podcast. We're brought to you as always by NJIT. New York Red Bulls Weekly brought to you in part by the New Jersey Institute of Technology. NJIT makes industry-ready engineers in more than 20 fields. If it's engineering, it's at NJIT. Number one in the nation for student upward economic mobility. Learn more at njit.edu. Back here on a Red Bull Weekly podcast with Connor Laid and today Steve Jolly. I'm Matt Harmon. Uh, We wrap the 2021 season and start to look ahead to 2022. But before we do that, let's talk about The Day of Thanks that will take place on Thursday. I am thankful for both of my broadcast partners, Steve on the radio side, Connor on the podcast side. We all really do enjoy um, spending time together. Let's say this. If we were going to have Thanksgiving dinner together or go to Connor's or go to Steve's, what kind of things would we eat? Connor, I will let you start. What is on your table come Thursday?
1: I'm a little disappointed that, you know, you wanted to come to our house, but you didn't extend the invitation to your house. But, you know, there's nothing I would want more than spending Thanksgiving with the best radio crew and all of MLS. So, you know, I would love to spend Thanksgiving with you guys. But if you were to come to the late household, you would get some really good stuff. Let's just put it that way. My mom is an excellent cook and we'll be spending Thanksgiving over there. My family's a little bit spread out, so we haven't been able to actually all be together on Thanksgiving and this will be probably in three years the the first time we'll be all together in in one household. so I'm very excited about that. But obviously when we start with the turkey, I'm a big dark meat guy. all right So I know the the plate gets passed around. the dark meat's usually loaded up there. it's that's that's my wheelhouse. I love the dark meat. Uh, my mom makes an excellent sausage gravy. Or excuse me, sausage stuffing, uh, incredible, um, and obviously the the mashed potatoes. I'm a I'm a guy who who you know things on the plate. I'll mix it up a little bit. I don't know about you guys, but I don't mind them touching. I don't I don't keep them separated. Mix it up. Let everyone become friends on the plate there, and you know it, it's probably one of my favorite holidays. I don't know about you guys.
0: Well, listen, I'm going to say, I mean, it wasn't that there wasn't an invitation. I was just starting with you. Of course, I said, all of us, all of us like to get together. I said, my two broadcast partners, you're a little little sensitive, Hunter. No,
1: You, you were inviting yourself to our households and never extend the invite to your household. So I don't know what's going on there. Connor, you, know, you are
0: welcome I'm, to come to my house anytime you'd like on Thursday. I know it's hard; it's very difficult for you to get out of Morris County. So if you do venture <laughs> out and come down to Monmouth, you know, for 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 us, not shockingly, Steve, you're going to have you're going to have a ton of fun with this one. We have we have kind of gone non traditional the last couple of years. I've got the my three boys, and I will readily admit, none of them really enjoy turkey. So we have kind of gone with almost a surf and turf type feel. Last year we did steak and lobster. Um, This year on the menu, we are actually going to do crab cakes and I believe London broil. We usually start with some sort of assortment of crackers and cheeses and dips that my wife puts together. The sides we usually do on the traditional side, the stuffing, the mashed potatoes. There's usually some sort of veggie thing thrown in there that everybody – you know, looks at and then says, oh, that looks good. But then they don't usually eat any of it. Um, but I, I think that's kind of what we, we've we actually be gotten to the point where one of my kids the other day said, can't we just have hamburgers? Is that cool if we just have hamburgers? And we said, no, we're not doing hamburgers, but we'll do steak and we'll do crab cakes. So if you'd like something a little more non-traditional, Connor, you are always welcome. That's number one. Um, Steve? I would say you're welcome, but you already know that. You know you're welcome. You come by anytime you'd like.
2: Thanks, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Well, I'll say this relative to the Thanksgiving meal. We're actually having it tomorrow night uh, instead of Thursday because we have family traveling and all that kind of fun stuff. What I've learned, and I just celebrated last week my 21st wedding anniversary, that I, I, I enjoy food. Don't get me wrong. I don't necessarily enjoy the prep side of cooking uh, as much as my, uh, my wife and her side of the family. So I've learned an invaluable lesson in life uh, relative to, you know, my parent. I'm sorry, my, my wife or, or their family cooking is like, I typically don't say anything and whatever's put in front of me, I eat joyously. And my contributions are unlimited, uh, you know, Blue Point Toasted Lagers and other IPAs because that's where I think my greatest strength is. So I, I know my role, sort of like a, a good teammate. Like I know my role and responsibility on game day, i.e. Thanksgiving, and I bring in the um, the alcoholic
0: beverages. So that's my role and responsibility.
1: That's a crucial, in, you know, That's a crucial part of Thanksgiving.
0: You bring in not just the alcoholic beverages, but you bring in a personality that is just second to none. I can only imagine everyone. I, they probably line up the family, like, "Oh, can I sit next to Steve? Can I sit yeah. next to Steve?" Yeah,
2: and not to mention the uh, the dogs
0: that are often
2: brought to that usually sit right next to me because I'm the one who's feed them the entire time. Although I'm told I'm not supposed to do that, but I'm doing it.
0: Well, that is uh, that sounds like a ton of fun. Uh, everyone is welcome, and and to be, in all frankness, once we get through Thanksgiving. Um, whether it's a trip to Pennsylvania, a trip to Monmouth County, a trip to Morris County, the three of us should get together. And um, as Steve would, would attest to enjoy some blue point lagers. maybe a trip out to blue point. It's not that far. I mean, we could go out to long Island for a day.
1: I mean, get this guy in his happy place. I think what we need, we all need to see that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wait a second here. Let's stop for a second. And, like put this in perspective here. You just told me that we might be going to long Island for alcohol When I think Long Island, I also think golf. So we need to get this on the calendar sooner rather than later because that sounds absolutely delightful for a 2022. Well, We'll I'll
0: tell you, we'll
1: have have to hit up Grella. I think he's got some good golf contacts out on the island. So maybe we'll we'll loop in Grella, and then we'll have a perfect little trip. Are you kidding me?
0: The perfect part about all this is, I am awful at golf, but I might be the best golf cart driver ever so i'll drive you guys from hole to hole i'll just hey we need some more beer i'll run back to the clubhouse i'll bring it back out as long as i can just kind of have a golf cart i'd be set for the day i'd have no issue with that Not, not none whatsoever um guys let's finish with this the first three games of the 2022 schedule have come out because new york will be the home opener for san jose and toronto before they will come home in week three for Minnesota, We know that the schedule will be a little bit different this year. There are eight games between the East and the West as opposed to just two this past year. We already know that San Jose and Minnesota will be on there, one away and one home. So figure there's three more trips out West. If you had to jump on any of them, where would you want them to be? Because we don't know the rest of the schedule. And I'm also going to disqualify, I think – take out the galaxy and take out sporting Kansas city because we played them this year. I'd be hard pressed to think that they would be repeated on the schedule this season. Connor, give me three places that you'd want to go to in the West.
1: Sure. Uh, number one for me, I think is going to be Austin. Would love to go out and experience a game day in Austin. I think what they have going on is excellent. And, uh, their match day experience seems, uh, pretty electric out there. So I'd love to go out there. Um, I haven't been to LAFC, so I'd like to go experience a game at LAFC as well. And I'm sure they're going to have some exciting things with the change that they're going to have going on next year. And then another one for me, I mean, a place that I always loved going, I think would you know go back to Portland. Love the city of Portland. Love the experience they have. They've got great fans out there a really cool uh, atmosphere on game day and uh, haven't been there in person since they've done their remodel of the stadium. So I think, uh, yeah, Austin, LAFC, and uh, Portland for me.
0: Steve, give me the, give me the three for you, knowing that hopefully we're going to be in San Jose to open up the 2022 season. Give me the three other trips that you'd look forward to.
2: Well, I, I concur with the, uh, the Austin trip. Um, as somebody who lived in Texas for about six years, uh, I frequented Austin quite a bit and to say the least. And uh, I mean, that place is glorious. And uh, the atmosphere at the stadiums and what they're doing uh, there at uh, Austin is pretty neat. And I'd love to get there as well. On a selfish route relative to a conversation we just had and in, in, in a different sport, if we can put that Portland-Seattle or Portland-Vancouver trip together where it's like, you you play like on a Saturday and don't play again until like the next Thursday to give me like two or three days to to venture out to like abandoned dunes resort to play golf for a couple of days. I don't see that as a bad thing for anybody,
1: no. right? I'm packing the clubs too, man. Go out to Bandit, yeah. that'd be great. Yeah,
2: you just stay there for a couple of days, make the trip northwest. Great time to to, to do. It. Just uh, kill two birds with one stone. Just call it a day. Love that. That's, That's always about me. Know.
0: It's always about me when on these schedules. You've very I, selfish I'm gonna, list. <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna be selfish too. So you guys are missing the opportunities of going to Salt Lake early in the season and having days to hit some of the best snow anywhere in the world, which I was I mean, listen, if there was one positive to everything being shut down in 2020, is I was able to sneak the trip in to Utah. That was the last game before everything stopped, and I got three or four amazing days at some of the mountains uh, in there. I would sign up for a three-game stretch, Vancouver, Seattle, Portland, and just work your way down that Pacific Northwest. I think that th- those are some of the coolest places to go to. Um, love LAFC. Obviously, would want to get to Austin. I'm going to give you one that probably flew under the radar screen for both of you, and that is – do we play Nashville this year on the road because Nashville will be in 2022, a Western conference team, Steve, you and I were down there in Nissan stadium, which on that day was, was crowded. The atmosphere was amazing. The pregame stuff that they do was, was crazy as well. And I would hope that if, if we do go back there, it's post May 1st, which is when I believe they opened their new stadium. Um, great city, great environment I, I would sign for that one um in a second knowing that we're not going to see them in the eastern conference and know that there's a home and home
2: no i mean yeah i mean that place is going to be rocking i mean i think they're close to twenty thousand already in season ticket holders um you know that's that's a cool one don't get me wrong i just uh i went there like three times in like five weeks so i'm like i'm Nashville out on broadway avenue out for for a maybe a six month span so um you know, I had my expectations or hopes that I'd be spending next weekend there for a playoff game, and now I'm emotionally drained, and I don't think I can see that city for a couple months.
1: Apparently the golf wasn't anything to write home about either, so.
2: <laughs> There's some good right? spots there, but I didn't, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, couldn't put that one
0: together the way
2: I got wanted <laughs> there.
0: Guys, this has been a uh, a fun episode to kind of break down 2021, look ahead to 2022. We know uh, that the preseason starts mid-January. The season itself will start at the end of February. A um, lot of news to come up, but uh, Steve, I want to I wanna thank you first and foremost for your radio broadcasts all during the course of the season. Um, I think you're second to none when it comes to being the, the top radio analyst in all of Major League Soccer, so I appreciate that. And it's been, um, as we said the other day, a fun seven years and looking forward to year number eight.
2: No doubt, buddy. Uh, we're very fortunate that uh, that we get to spend so much time together talking about uh, a team that we're very passionate about and uh, and to be able to spend uh, as much time with you and enjoy your company and enjoy your family's company as well. Um, you know, I'm a very, very lucky, lucky guy to uh, that. We got together over the last seven years. I look forward to the next. I wouldn't say 70, because you and I are getting up there in age, especially you. So I'll say the next 17 years
0: or so. And, and Connor, this was uh, Connor. This was a ton of fun to do with you each and every week. I mean, we started this back in, in March, I think, um, with episode number one. We had on so many good guests. We highlighted so many different things within the club, within the organization. Um, and, and a lot of it due, in fact, to your work, getting guests on all the time um it was it was awesome to do this with you all during the course of the season and and i'll say the same thing i'll look forward to doing it um whenever we get back up and going whenever that might be but be able to do this again next season in 2022
1: yeah the pleasure was all mine my friend i obviously appreciate what you guys have going on and you know it is fun getting to tell the stories of the club get to hear from the cool people and we'll look to build on this going forward and get some cool things and obviously uh Thank you for uh, bringing on my favorite number five of all time. I'm just a big fan over here. And, uh, you know, I'm just honored to be sitting with the best radio crew in the world. I'm going to outside MLS, you guys in the world. So keep Ooh. doing what you guys are doing. Love it.
2: I love this Re- love test that we got going on
1: here. Yeah. Big hug, everyone. Come on. Big hugs and, high, five. Bro Bro hug, and
0: high, five. high fives. That's what my partner likes to say. Uh, for all of us here on the Red Bull Weekly podcast crew, Zach, Matt DeLuca, John, um, again, we started this back with Gordon, with Jane, everyone that's been kind of associated with this all the way up through the channel, Christina, Joe, Mark, this has been awesome to be part of uh, your experience all during the course of the season. We thank you so much for uh, listening all during the course of the year. For today, Steve Jolly, Connor Laid, I'm Matt Harmon. We're brought to you by NJIT. We thank them for their sponsorship all during the course of the season as well. You've been listening to the latest episode of Red Bull Weekly. Happy Thanksgiving from all of us.